Hey! And we are recording. Okay. I'm here. Second attempt. Yes. Coach Johnston, how are you? I'm great. Uh, so we just had a little technical difficulties. We started recording. Only made it four minutes before my battery died on my recorder. Amateur move on my part. I apologize. But it'll, it'll uh, be okay. We can recap a little bit of what we don't have to go through everything again. But, sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, we were touching on the duel tomorrow. Yep. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Number two versus number five. Pretty big one. Trying to set the attendance record. Oh, yeah. Currently is at just under 3,000. Just under 3,000. So we've had bigger crowds with Beauty and the Beast. Yep. But, but they not won't officially count that. Yeah, because it's a dual event. So we need everybody to come over from the high school state tournament yeah. and uh, get their butts over here and in the stands, hands on some tickets. I bought mine ahead of time because I was worried that because you're it's smart, it's going to sell out. Yeah. Right? Um, so hopefully that's the case. Hopefully the tickets are hard to come by. Right? I think so. I think they will be. Then I'll go outside and scout mine for twice what I paid. There you for. go. See, like I said, you're smart. I wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> I want to watch that match, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were talking a little bit about uh, strengths of schedules and, and different ways to think about when you're doing your schedule. We talked, um, you know, we touched a little bit on uh, the Big Ten, you know, tough schedule versus, um, you know, you guys kind of spreading out your your right. tougher duels versus kind of log jamming them all at the end of your season before conferences and qualifiers and everything. Right. Well, I was saying how Coach was uh, really smart this year about how he did the scheduling because we have a really tough schedule. But, uh, you know, the, you look at these last three dual meets we've had. Uh, we just beat Arizona State last weekend. Um, but we have, you know, eight days between that duel and this upcoming duel with Oklahoma State. And then we have eight days between that duel and our final duel with Iowa State. So those are three pretty good duels to end our season. And uh, But we, we did a good job making sure that we can get ready for each duel and having some, not a break in there, but, but right. you know, that we can kind of focus on each duel and really make sure we're making progress at the things we're working on. And Daniel Lewis. Oh, gosh. Put him he's, away. He's a beast, man. That was awesome. He's a beast. You do not want to be down on Daniel Lewis. I don't. I wouldn't want to be underneath no, him. I'm pretty will, confident in my bottom game. He will crunch you up. And, you know, the problem with Daniel, though, too, is he's so good at going and getting that first takedown, yeah. too. So yeah. he makes that happen. you got to be able to uh, that weather that storm if you're going to have a chance against him I think yeah like, gotta stay off bottom he's a special athlete yeah so. and I guess I saw a video they put out the other day pretty dang smart too huh he's uh aerospace mechanical engineer what are you gonna be astronaut I don't know you know he uh, you know he could be team up with uh Coons oh yeah there you go and build that giant man rocket. That, that would be pretty cool actually <laughs> that would be sweet to see like an all wrestler crew like sometimes oh, yeah. on a like that outer space mission to one of Elon Musk's rockets or something. <laughs> Man, I can't even imagine. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, uh, watching some high school wrestling this weekend? Yeah, so we got the state tournament going on right next door in the Mizzou Arena. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, I think Missouri does a great job, and they don't get a lot of credit. You know, I'm from Kansas. And I was just talking to um, Park Hill head coach. Yeah, uh, Beck. Beck, yep. Coach Beck, and uh, he was just brought this up about the difference yeah. between they They have... The two three different locations for their state tournament yeah. so it's like the small schools are in one location like there's another like middle school in one and they have like the two biggest classes in the same and that one's actually not too bad it's pretty exciting but 
Imagine how exciting it would be if it was like Missouri. Yeah. had everybody together coming to the same place. I just can't even imagine. Like, we were talking earlier about with the academy and having kids represented in all the classes, how hard it is to sometimes follow. Right. Well, they're if, killing... if they're all in different places, I would have a that'd be impossible to support all my kids. Yeah. There's, guess... there's a lot of reasons. There's, you know, fan experience is way better when sure. you have it all together. Um, you think about how they're, uh, there's not, there's no D1 programs in Kansas, but mm-hmm. who, who's going to want to go recruit uh, at that state tournament when they're only watching one class wrestle yes. or two classes wrestle at the yeah. best? Nobody. So they're, they're killing their self. They're, they're right. killing their opportunities to get recruited uh, no, yeah, by college think coaches. No, yeah, I didn't think about it from that point. That's a um, great point. And uh, so there's just there's just so many reasons. I think actually cost cost benefit wise, um, financially, if you have it in one, think about how many more people and you're only having to rent one facility. Yeah. And the, I think there's just so many reasons why it's it's great. But I think the biggest is just the the experience. So what do you think? How much more exciting? keeps them from doing that? Like, you know, I I don't know if it's like individually like financially for for the the state. Obviously, Missouri and Kansas are different shape states. Sure, sure. Their their populations are in different places. Absolutely. You know, Kansas Kansas's biggest centers of population are in Kansas City area and the Wichita area. So you look at those things, and a lot of the smaller schools are out west, yeah. right? So they're kind of centralized. If you like looked at how far their travel times are out west. The smaller schools are probably makes more sense for them to what, travel less. What kind of like how many hours would that is that like from you know not be, like the border but the good western yeah, part of the state to it get could over probably to. be a good six or seven hours. Yeah, it's probably that's probably average. Yeah, that's, it might be as long as eight if if you're like in the very bottom corner. Or it's something. about I believe it's uh, eight and a half hours from St. Louis to like Dodge City. Right. So you know that's, yeah, and that's not the first. That's a long. West, that's a long. You know I I have. Haul. I say, I say, I make that argument for having it in one place, knowing that it, it's not going to benefit every single sure, program and every single athlete. Yeah, we, I'm I more mean, thinking big picture, like right. from, you know, ten thousand foot view kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, anything, anytime when you make changes, somebody's going to get the short end of a stick. There's no perfect system or perfect way right. to do things. So there's always somebody that. But I think you out. look at, you know, you can look at it like best practice wise. Which state tournaments are like known as being like the best state tournaments? Right. I yeah. think Missouri's up there. Sure. I think Missouri's, up, but obviously, like you got Iowa and right. Minnesota. They have exciting state tournaments. Those good Midwest. California. Yeah, California has well, obviously the one Huge class. Huge state one classes. Right, like that's rare. And but it's you look at, cool to see. You look at those type of tournaments, and you like you kind of have to ask yourself, why are those such good state tournaments? Yeah. And I think a common thing is they're all in one location. Sure. They're in a very exciting. Is event. is California where where is theirs held? Is it pretty central? Um, you know, honestly, don't know. I honestly don't know where it is. I'll have to look that one up. But, curious about that. Yeah. I'm curious now, too. Maybe, would Larson know that? He for sure would know that. Definitely. I'll have to do an episode with him while I'm up here this week. There you go. Pick his brain about yeah. lifting weights and California State Tournament, things like that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so, uh, I wanted to tell a story, um, and I thought I could get some help from you because you were there. Because um, well, in the spirit of tomorrow, Oklahoma State. Yep. Um, and it was my last duel against Oklahoma State okay. at Gallagher-Iva. was a pretty memorable one, and I don't know if you remember that off the top of your head. But we, There's been a lot of them. We lost the first two weight classes. Right. I won, and we ran eight in a row on them. Yes. And I don't think that anybody has done that in since or quite a while before to win eight, and eight matches in a row at Oklahoma State in Gallagher-Iva. It's tough to do. So that would have been 2000 and... Eight, 2008, 2009 2000, season. So it would have been 2009. Yes. Yeah. Man. 
So that let's go through it really quick. Can you remember all the matches? Gosh, uh, I want to say, and I might mess these up. So if I mess these up, yeah, help me out. That's okay. Right, we, we, say, we got Grace. It was it was ten years ago. Yeah, literally ten years ago. Dolan. Yeah. At twenty five. That sounds right to me. Now here's where I'm going to mess up is definitely Oklahoma State. I can't remember who they had in the lineups. You know, for for the different weights. Um, thirty three. Who is our thirty three? The Todd. Todd Shaverin. Yes. Um, he was wrestling. Was he wrestling Oliver? Wasn't that the year Oliver was at thirty-three? I can't remember anymore. Yeah, it's so hard, okay. man. Like, so you wrestled who? Uh, Jamal Parks. Right. Overtime match, and I that watched. Was athletic. I hit a single leg, and I don't hit single mm -hmm. legs, and that's yeah. how I won the overtime match. Um, but you know what? Let's talk about that really quick. Yeah. For for all these young wrestlers. What was your mentality? How did you, how did, you know, you won that match against mm -hmm. a really good multi-time All-American. Yes. You went and got a single leg. Well, I think what I realized, and again, we're talking about 10 years ago, so sure. I'm remembering a little fuzzy, but I think what I realized was it was very apparent to me that they had scouted tape. Like, right. watch tape, which sure. is not surprising. Good right? coaches do. Right. And they were shutting down my post-high crotch. You know, right. I couldn't get him to collar tie or reach with his right hand at all. Mm -hmm. um, he was really ready to drop levels and drop to a knee and not let me in on that high crotch. Um, and I was, I couldn't get any shots in, you know, in, in regulation. And, uh, but I don't, I didn't have a be the best single leg. And I think that that's why I kind of waited till overtime to hit it. Cause it's, you know, it might've been a combination of taking me that long to realize that I'm going to have to what is open? Like this, my, my main shot, my main attack isn't right. there. What am I gonna see that's open? And uh, also, I knew that in overtime, you know, it's it's more of like a okay, I gotta get this now. I didn't want to give up. Uh, my biggest fear was because he he changes directions so quickly right. that on my single leg, that if I miss it, I'm gonna get an angle, give up an angle, and give up a reattack. Sure. Um, but I hit it, dropped to a hip freaking got around that corner and shelved it up and finished it and it's pretty cool because I don't hit a lot of single legs so it was cool to it was a cool experience um then we had Sherry at 49 yep um had a big I don't I don't, can't remember it, I don't think they had a high rank guy was it Albert White or was it the silver silver kid yeah that's who it was yeah yep um he won and then let's see Michael 49 57 would have been Mikey uh 65 a little bit, little plug for Michael. He's doing really well. Yeah, in Bellator. killing it, crushing it. Yeah. Anyway, he's always like, been crushing it. Yeah. He's, he's just oh, a he's super consistent. Super, super hard worker. <clears throat> just, I don't know, murder. I got a funny story about Chandler too. That okay, I'll tell. we'll uh, come back in a little bit. We'll circle back to that. Um, so then, sixty-five would have been um, Nick Marable. Nick Marable. Yeah. Seventy-four would have been uh, man Raymond. Nick, Raymond, yeah. No, or, or was he at 84 then? Dorian, I think. Isn't I think that, it was opposite. Was it opposite that year? Dorian was at 74. Okay. Raymond was at 84. 97 was Max still. Because okay. he, he went to 84 the next year and won it. Uh-huh. I believe, right? In yeah. 2010? I think you're wrong. I think it was Raymond at 74, Dorian at 84. And then the next year when Max went to 84, Dorian went down. It could have been. It could have been. Um, but anyway, they all won. I just, in my mind, I was, I think Ellis of Raymond bigger than Dorian. Yeah. And that might be why I'm just thinking that in my brain. I'm, it's fine. Uh, we're going to have to go look it up now. Yeah. Um, but so then we had, yeah, Ellis at heavyweight. So, yeah. It's a really good team. 
It was a solid team. That was a really good team. Solid that's team. that's crazy. That team that team had five All Americans with a, with a national champ and a third place and two fifth places and a seventh. And you know what place we took? Think about that. Five All Americans, yeah. a national champ, a third, two fifths, and a seventh. Yeah. And should should have had another one. Yeah. Should have had another one. We won't say who. <laughs> Can't see it, but I'm pointing a finger at myself. Oh uh, man. That's well that's a whole nother one that I get into a right. lot too. And <clears throat> I I did hurt my ankle, but I don't like to talk about that and making it as an excuse. No. I think for me a bigger factor was uh, and this is what I but again I've used it as a helping me as a coach, is one of the things that I talk about with my kids is if they want to go to Fargo, like you should be going when you can go. Like right. I've had some parents that are like well, I don't think he'll All-American this year. I think next year when he's on the older side, he'll have a better chance of All-American. We'll wait to go till then. And you know, when you talk about like a Fargo, NCAAs, there's no other tournaments right. that you can really go to that are like that. Like, yeah. With the way it's operated, the way you do weigh-ins, the way how you get in the arena, the size of the arena, the size of the crowd, like it's all different. It's very hard to recreate that. So we talk about practice, right? So we yeah. practice moves all the time so that we can be good at moves we need to sometimes think about practicing competition. Yes. Right? And that's yeah. kind of what you're saying. You're yeah, saying absolutely. You need to practice being in those situations right. and how you're going to respond to them. The environment of... And that's tough because, though, too, you could, you could hurt yourself by having a bad experience sure. and not sure. reacting the right way or thinking about it the right way I've after had, the bad experience. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of those kids that have gone to Fargo and right. not ever gone back because they're like, that was terrible. And I'm yeah. like, you saw it as terrible. I didn't think you did that. Right. I thought you did pretty dang good. Like, so... But they kind of beat themselves up. It's but kind yeah, of what you right. do with it, yeah. though. It's what you do with it. Right. Exactly. And I think that that's what half of this is. You know, right. wrestling is. And I think though it. sometimes too. Obviously, we want to win. We want to win. Right. That's that's first. We like we're doing this to try to win. We're giving trying to give ourselves the best chance to win. But we also have to kind of go into those kind of experiences, saying, "Is this my last experience like this? Probably not." So part of this is me getting better at this. Yes. And, and using this to grow. That growth mindset. Yeah. Going into it is right. that it's not that I'm fixed, that this is me and this right. is this is what I got. And it's a great opportunity. Right. That's yes. all. Absolutely. So. And, that's, and that's another thing. I'm glad you just said that because a huge thing with me my senior year was I stopped looking at having ranked guys right. as opponents as like, oh, and more of like, oh yeah, like this is opportunity. Like, That's why I do this. If I beat this guy, yeah. I'm gonna get higher rank. Like I'm gonna gain confidence. Right. I'm gonna like these all these benefits I'm gonna get if I win this match, instead of thinking about poor me. Like I have to wrestle this guy. That's really good. Like, no, I'm really good. Like yeah. I need to go set the tone. I need to go out there and make my mark. Right. That was a big difference in my career and my mindset. I think that right. changed a lot of things for me. So. Well, and I think you know when I look at. You, how you progress through your senior year, and we mm -hmm. not talk about you a ton, but uh, no, I but don't. It's, so it's, a, it's a memory to me because you know it was one of my. That was only my third year of coaching. Right. It was my first year at Mizzou, and I just saw a sense of urgency. Yeah, and so it's like, I guess when we talk about this, I want to like encourage other people: don't wait to have that sense of urgency mm -hmm. until it's like your senior year. Yeah, because you you made a change, right? Yes. You you changed and you changed your mindset and you changed your you had a sense of urgency. Yes, and so. That made a huge difference. It did. And I, I use that to explain to people how important your mindset and your approach is because uh, I tell like the year before I went 0-2 at the Big 12 tournament. Right. I did not win a Big 12 match in the dual season. Like a tough weight, but yes, we're but not still. Yeah. I, 
I'm, well, the same guy won it, or yeah. the same guy made the final that I beat won it the year before. Right. So, you know, I mean, yeah, it was a little deeper probably the year before, but the guy at the top was still the same guy. Right. Um, so with that, like getting them to understand how important that mindset stuff is, because you, I mean, we can be honest, I didn't learn any new moves. You know, I mean, I mean I'm sure I learned a couple of new things, but not like things that are going to make you Some go, tweaks, I didn't know how to wrestle yeah. this year. And then next year I knew how to wrestle. Like, right. It's not what happened. Right. It was all. And that's never upstairs. really what happens. No, it's. We make progress at the things we do well. Yeah. Right. So. And, and understanding that, uh, that the mental approach and how you view things, how you look at things, how you think about things is so important. It has such a impact on how you approach them. And, uh, you know, you're. You big psychology guy, so huge. Weigh in on that. Love it. <laughs> well, just uh, put it in words better than I'm putting. No, it's it, it's it's right. You're right about it, and it's um, you know, we were talking a little bit about this, I think, on our first try, or or maybe earlier today. Yeah. But uh, in wrestling, you can't get away from one man versus another man. It's very yes. primal, very yeah. like, right. you know what I mean? Yep. Like, but we we have to we have to get away from it because that's how we recognize that we make progress is we focus on tasks, we focus on the actual my single leg or my hand fighting or my lip, you know, we can pick apart some things. And that's the, those are the things that we have to focus on that we're getting better at. And we call that task orientation, or we talk about just, you know, what are the actual things that, I, things that I need to do well to be able to beat the other guy. Cause we can't get away from the other guy. We're always measuring ourselves against the other guy. Yes. Um, but, but we're, you know, we're, we're focusing on the tasks that it's going to take to do that. And uh, like you said, it's not, it's not like you all of a sudden like learn to wrestle but maybe it's like some little things that you can do better yeah. that, that give you that progress and give you that confidence yeah. to be able to do it. And confidence is a, is a huge, yeah. huge part of that. And, and I think that another thing for me, uh, you know, as I, as I'm being introspective about, you know, what we're talking about and reminiscing and thinking about those memories and things. Another thing for me, I think was, uh, and I, and I don't want this to sound any way like in a, a negative, right? right? Cause I think that it is what it is. Like, College wrestling is different than high school wrestling, For especially sure. at the D one level. For like, sure, it is. Um, but I feel like my senior year, there was much more attention invested in me. Like it's your first year, so it's harder for you. Like your first year here, right? And right. So it's a little harder for you to maybe have see, a, that. see that. Right? Yeah. But like in previous years, particularly the first couple, right? Um, okay. Just not being a starter, you know, you're a guy right. that's not getting a lot of the main attention, which, sure. like I said, no, I don't, not ill will, no, nothing negative no, about it, just sure. the nature of what it is. Um, and I'm a guy who, like, if I'm being really, really honest, um, has had, and especially in the past, like problems with like um, self confidence. Okay. Know? Just like, sure, that I'm good enough to do something, you know. I've always been really tough and really resilient, but, mm -hmm. but the, like, I've needed people. Right. to tell me that they believe in me, to give me that extra sure. something, you know? And between uh, you and Coach Charles, I'd say that those were the big, big differences in previous years of like someone actually, uh, you know, more than just normal, more than what is right. the regular, like investing a little bit of time and energy and interest in who I am. And, and I think that helped me figure things out, like for myself in my knowing myself and what I needed and what I needed to do different than what I had done before. Right. Um, and I think that that's, that was a really big deal for me, you know, that that uh, you and Coach Charles, again, just kind of put a lot more time into me than I had really had a lot of people do in previous years. So, so two things with that. I mm -hmm. think there's uh, two ways we can look at that. It's an encouragement to coaches in right. general to kind of be like, you never know who you're going to 
yes. help make the difference for. Right. And, it, and it might not be actually even a wrestling thing. Yeah. It might just be a, I'm, I'm, this person believes in me. Yes. Like, yeah. I can believe in myself kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, but then the other thing is, just from an in general standpoint with confidence, you know, there's different places where we get confidence from. And one of those things is from other people. We see other people do things. We watch our teammates and we say, if my teammates are doing this and having success, I can have success. Absolutely. Um, we can see it from our coaches when our coaches are uh, believing in us and, and encouraging us. Oh yeah, I can do it for my coach a little bit. Right. Um, there's, there's past successes. You know, obviously people that are wrestling in college have had a lot of past success, but you always kind of have that, you wonder, is that past success going to translate to yeah. current or future success? Right. You, you don't really, really know, uh, and everybody deals with that to some degree. But that's that's a big one: is your past successes, sure. and it and it doesn't even have to be a past success in in a competition. It could be a past success in in practice, yes. or a, you know, you you're, you've been your single leg's been feeling great this yes. week. It's going to feel good in the competition right. now. Right. So there's lots of different ways that we experience or that we can boost our our confidence That's, and we need to that try is to utilize great a lot of them. Because if you think about that year, there was no one around me in the room that could beat me anymore. Right. So it was like every day at practice, I win. Like, yeah. I don't really lose anyone. Not that I never get taken out or never score, but sure. if, if we go a long go, I'm getting most of the points because a guy like Josh Wagner, who I always had a very right. difficult time, everybody did, finishing on, right? Gosh, but, yeah. But he was longer than me and a little bit bigger and he just always would get me in bad spots and I could hang with him, but... I don't know that I would have won most of those goes. And then with the same class as him, one year ahead of me at 33 below me is Tyler McCormick. Right. I can't beat him. Right. Like I could, <laughs> by, by his senior year, I could give him matches and I could push right. him in goes, but I wasn't winning those matches. Right. Um, and then you, those guys graduate and now I, I'm back to, nobody can beat me in the room anymore unless right. I go up a couple of weights. And I think like, that's something I haven't really thought about before until you were just talking about that even those past successes. But I think credit to you in that, uh, so that, that you're saying that when you got to that point, that helped you with your confidence because now I'm... I'm saying I don't know that it was a main factor, but I'm. But based on what we were kind of talking about, like I am looking back on that as like, right. wow, that might be something that contributed. Like, I don't know, I never really but thought But I'm saying it. credit to you because you stayed in the fight with those guys and it made it, you made it closer. Sure, and you're saying, sure. I was now giving those guys matches and that's like part of the process of Absolutely. getting confident. Absolutely. Of going from Agreed. where a guy's beating me to like, now I'm closing the gap on yep. him. I don't well, necessarily have to be winning all the time, but I have to be making 100%. progress. And that's a great point because you just said earlier about the task orientation. Yes. Is giving kids, like my young kids, I'm like, yeah, you're not going to beat him because you're not as good as him right now. Like in the practice room, a kid that's better than them, right? Right. But like, let's give yourself a job. Like every couple of goes, just go, I'm not even gonna let him get to my legs. Don't worry about winning yeah. the go. Give yourself a job, like give yourself a task. Because everything you do, like do I want you to wrestle every match? Like just focus on not letting a guy get to your legs and don't generate any offense. No, but it's isolating one skill and practicing that against somebody that's better than you. Right. Like, I'm gonna take my defense, head position, hand fighting, moving my feet, and I'm gonna use that against a guy that usually beats me. And I'm going to try to just focus on defense, not in a running away way, right? But I've got to get right. better at my defense because if you have a guy that you can't keep him from taking you down, you're going to have a hard time beating him. If you can't stop a takedown, you're going to have a hard time. That's just basic. Right. So it's like, let's get you to here. And then once you can hold your own and stay in the fight, then we can worry about getting in on shots and scoring. Right. But there's no point in worrying about trying to score if you can't stop a takedown. If Then it's just a bit mad. Like, who shoots first, right? Right. Like, 
none of us have any defense. <laughs> it's like basically whoever gets in first is going to win. And so sure, shoring up that deep, and I'm not even saying how to do it exactly like this, but just the idea of giving them one thing to focus on and sure. of going like, you can beat that guy. Wow. Yeah. I've never beat him before, and all of a sudden I'm going to beat him let's now. Have a, like, so let's have a game plan wow. executed. Right, exactly. Giving him a job, giving him a task, and that's a great point you were bringing up earlier. Um, but, yeah, so moving along, what were we talking about? We were talking about the Oklahoma State duel. Yes. We were kind of yeah. telling a story. Right, we should, yeah, yeah, we should yeah. get back to a story. Because <clears throat> well, there's some really good oh, ones. I have a really, really random story from that. Same story. Yeah. Dif- separate story, same time frame. So at that duel, yeah. I believe we had a week or week and a half break. Between, okay. Like competition break. Right. Between after that Oklahoma State duel. Yeah. And there was a thing that I had always wanted to do, but I never did it. And this seemed like my perfect opportunity. I wanted to see if I could drink a gallon of water in under an hour. Okay. And, you know, it's just water. Like, sure. But we didn't have to weigh in for a right. while. Um, <clears throat> so I did it. Like right. I, I finished a gallon and that's, uh, I got water intoxication. No way. Yeah. I didn't even know about yeah. this. Yeah. Like loopy. You know, like where you, yeah. you ever yeah. been like sleep deprived where you just feel like kind of giddy and yeah, like, yeah. Like, like that's what it felt like. It was a very strange feeling. But at the time, I didn't know that you can actually like die from water yeah. intoxication. So sure. that was not a good idea, and no. I wouldn't advise it. And had I known that, I wouldn't have done it. But well, uh, most people probably don't know this, but the team that we are talking about with the Oklahoma State duel, yeah, is the team from the Hotel Blues, yeah, uh, video, yeah. Which, if you haven't seen that, I would highly recommend. I'm pr- pretty sure you can still look it up on YouTube or something. It is on Flow. It's, it's on, on Flow. flow. Yep. Okay, so you go, go to Flow. flow. I don't even think you have to have a and, pro and, member and search Hotel Blues. You'll, Excuse me. You'll thank me later. It's good. You'll thank me later. Here's another little golden nugget. The I don't know if you remember this one, the campus tour. Oh yeah, the that campus was post tour. Hotel Blues. Yeah, but that's a little that's a little good one too. That's that, fun. Uh, fun stuff. I forgot I forgot all about. I found it on accident because I was yeah. showing somebody Hotel Blues and I searched. And it was that like the next thing popped up. Yep. Nice. And totally forgot about that one. But we did a campus tour, so. It's kind of cool too because you can see the changes the that changes. Have happened over yeah. ten huge, years. Huge, huge changes at Mizzou. Oh, well, hello there. Sorry to interrupt. I don't mean to be rude, but just for a uh, friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the episode, hit that subscribe button, share, rate us. And if you really enjoy it, again, there is a link in the description to go and support financially with a monthly contribution. And it is greatly appreciated. Thanks, Justin Roth, for your continued support. Now back to the episode. Yeah, oh. huge changes in the wrestling facilities. Absolutely, and, um, we did, and we did we did a golf cart tour. So we we had the the Mizzou wrestling golf cart out around campus, acting like idiots. And, I'll make another little plug for Coach Smith. Yeah. Coach Smith is amazing at making sure that we do something every year to get better in every area. So almost every year that I've been here, I've been here. This is my eleventh mm-hmm. season. We've done something to our facility to make it better. Yeah, and that's him going out and. Figuring out how to get it done. Yeah. So you guys just not sitting around the locker waiting. room. And yeah. Not sitting around yeah. waiting for it to get done. That was Coach Absolutely. Smith. Absolutely. Hustling. Yeah. So we do have a new locker room facility. It's awesome. Uh, you know, we had a lot of guys support. can basically like live there. Yeah, they pretty much kitchenette, couches. It's amazing. Uh, video games. It's amazing. Beautiful lockers. Yes. Uh, the whole upstairs up here in the lobby yeah. uh, is. I mean, some of it has been done for a while, but some of it is a little bit newer, and it just yeah. looks like you said. I think. Some of it is even so subtle that you don't really notice, but it continues to get, like even this little area, I feel like, 
has been redone for a while, but the furniture and little things have just been added, and it's like more and more just really yeah. nice. Just Probably most people don't realize this, but we're the only team on campus with our own weight room. We are that's, the only team. We don't have to share it with anybody. That's been a while. We, we do share it with people occasionally, just be, like it's nice. cold and we're nice, but <laughs> but we don't have to. We, we schedule our own times. Yep. We say, we hey, if you want to come in before noon, a lot of times, get your lift so guys can get sleep yeah. and things like that. It's and, great. And I guess they're, you know, doesn't really have as much to do with the wrestling team, but Coach Smith was telling me they're building down onto the end of the football. Yes. They're going to have their own weight room in there. They're going to finally have their own weight room. And yeah. the full huge weight room, which is really only, what, 10, 11 years old? Yeah. I mean, it's still it's a very not, nice facility. Yeah. is all it's for Olympic facility. sports then. Yeah. And that's pretty cool to have the Olympic sports, which are generally, particularly if you talk about an SEC school. Right. Is, you know, they get a little probably overlooked and not a lot of resources. But, right. Um, to have, a, you know, an Olympic, and you guys basically have two weight rooms now. I mean, yeah. at your disposal. We're, it's going to be awesome. So heavyweights can freaking lift over here, go eat, and then lift over there. <laughs> so uh, what what uh, what's the rest of you guys' season look like? So you got Oklahoma State this weekend. This weekend, and then we have Iowa State. Uh, it's probably in about 10 days on, on Sunday. Okay. Uh, so we have... Uh, a couple tough dual meets left, and then we have the the MAC tournament is in Old Dominion this year out in Virginia. Um, so that'll actually be kind of nice. We'll get to go uh, have some some nicer weather in, in you think March. So? We'll see. March March and it's, it's on, cold out there. It's Where right on the coast. Virginia Beach. It's right. It's on. It's at Virginia Beach. I know. It's yeah. always chilly out there. Well, we go out it could there be, for, but uh, it'll probably be nicer than here. Grade school na or not grade school, but the what is that? The grade level nationals. Right. Freshman, sophomore, junior, yep. senior nationals. Um, where are you guys gonna go recruit at this year? Where are we going to go recruit at? Yeah. Right, right across the street. Well, I know that. I'm talking about uh, <laughs> with the three, the big three at the end of the year. Yeah, I don't season. know. I don't know, honestly. That's something that we kind of uh, look at. Maybe The reason I ask is the, going. the change with flow. So right, going to freestyle. freestyle. Was that affect? Not necessarily. No, you still want to go see the kids wrestling there? Probably. Uh, it it depends. It honestly depends who goes. It's true. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I've i been there uh, quite a few times in the past. It's a good tournament. Um you know the the Iowa Nationals right in, in uh, Cedar Falls is is good also, and then the senior senior Nationals is good. Yeah. So um, we usually we usually send a couple coaches a couple different yeah, places, so. and again it probably depends if there's somebody particular we want to see or if right. there's you know. So we've gone to all three of them. They're all good tournaments. I I have no idea at this point. Yeah, that's what we're trying to figure out because I feel like um, they all have different benefits to them. Right. And. and some of my kids probably need to be at one, and some of them probably be at a different one, and that's where it gets hard because then, as a club, where do we go? Right. Where do we send? Uh, where do we encourage them to well, go? Honestly, to? they all they all hurt each other a little bit because yeah. you don't know which one is going to be the toughest, and you don't right. know. I you know. I think that that's part of the going to freestyle though too, is to help alleviate a little bit of that. So might be. Um, I mean, I know that there, that wasn't like the only reason, but I think that that was one of the things being considered was that they weren't so they weren't cannibalizing each other as much. Uh, with, Sure. Canceling each other out and, and make it more, you know, those guys, the guys that are really focused on the international styles can, they have a clear choice, right? So if you're ready right. to just get onto your freestyle and get ready for UWWs and all that stuff, then you're, you're you know, you're going to want to go to flow. Um, but you, I think then you get a good, uh, those, those guys that are right on the verge of starting to contend at national tournaments, trying to get all American in high right. school, it kind of pulls some of the probably top level guys out of those other brackets right well I, I will say this i think you know what i see 
is it's actually not any of those three tournaments anymore. It is the qualifying. Everybody wants to be that that cadet junior world team member. Yes. That's kind of the yeah, new, Akron is like the new sexy thing now. So it's yeah, like, I think it was probably. I don't know, deeper, but probably at the high end, tougher than Fargo. Tough. It probably is. Um, for sure. So. that's And that's a new, I haven't even been to that one yet. We just haven't. In Akron? Mm-hmm. We've we've sent like right. an individual or two, but. Well, I've, you know. I've been there quite a few times just because they have the, you know, they have the university age division, now it's U23. Yes. Um, yeah. So I've been out there quite a few times. It's, it's a, uh, man, it's a, it's a grind. It's, it's like just this big floor. You know, with, with university uh, nationals. When it used to be, it was in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, in Evanston. Only tournament I think I've ever gone 0-2. Really? Yeah. It's a tough tournament. It is, and I was not the best freestyle wrestler. Yeah. Uh, old rules, too. I did Yeah. I did not adjust uh, appropriately, I you, guess. When you say old rules, you mean like the two out of three period kind of thing? I believe that's when it was. Um, I hated that. Well, I, I can't remember which even specific rules it was, but I know that the year that it was, I'm pretty sure it was like, that was the first year of that of the new rules. Like they had just right. changed, and it was that sounds right. It did not was. make sense to me. Like right. The, so you had to win two out of three periods. I believe that's right. Right. Yes. And it didn't yeah. matter what yeah. the score was, but a six point spread was a tech fall mm-hmm. in each period. Yes. So uh, that's what I wrestled for most of my international career. Right. Yeah. I wrestled for six years after college. Yep. Internationally, four of them here at Missouri, two of them at Iowa, and uh, I will tell you if you went zero zero. They did this thing called, they had a coin flip, or you draw a ball out of a bag the randomly. Ball yeah. The ball bag. And <laughs> silliness, uh, but then one guy would get a start in on a leg. They yes. would call it the clinch, and you right. would get a start in on a leg. And I went four straight years without winning a ball grab. That's a, that's a you should have played what's like I the was tr- of the lottery. I was trying <laughs> to score in that regulation time. I was trying not yeah. to go because I went four straight years. Without winning a ball grab, that's pretty crazy. It was probably now, about, how many matches was that though? In four years, it was years probably well, it, it periods, right? Because yeah, there was that's some true. periods so it's I not won. A match. It's, yeah, it it's, could happen three times. Really yeah, it could match. happen three times in a match. I want to say it was probably fifteen to twenty times that wow. I that I didn't win. Oh, in for a, fifteen. Yeah, oh, for it was 20 rough in there somewhere. It was rough. Yeah, so how I was is, really trying not to like go. Statistically, to those. that's pretty, pretty amazing. It's it actually is, impressive. It is. I remember the first. I remember the one that I finally. I won. The, I won the. I was like, "What?" Yeah, like I think it was in my. Need, we don't even need to finish uh, yeah, the match. Like, let's yeah, just stop right I was now. In my, I think it was in my last year of, of com- competition. So another pretty... thing, because you just mentioned, you know, right after you were competing after college, um, you were a teacher for a while, right? Yeah, I taught. I taught actually elementary art for a year. That's right. Uh, most people don't know that, but most I, people do not know that, nor would they probably guess it. No, but I have. A, I have a, a, an art art degree. I have yeah. an art education degree. That was my undergrad and. Uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. It was stressful. Um, it was tough because you know I was still competing and I was coaching uh, part time at Cornell College. This is like my at, mm-hmm. right after my first year, like right when I got out of college, and uh, it was hard being in three places. And I felt like I wasn't giving my best to any one thing. That's exactly how I've never heard anyone say it as similar to what I say about when I was, and I'm gonna get probably a bunch of grief for this, but when I was teaching and coaching high school, right? I, I felt like coaching wrestling the way that I really wanted to coach wrestling mm-hmm. was a full-time job. Yeah. But I also had to teach all day. Right. And those were like, I don't have time to do both of those as well as I think I should be doing. Them. Right. And I, I don't know if that was high expectations or me not finding a way and being tough enough, but regardless. It's some of both probably, it, it, you know. Uh, yeah. Poor time management sometimes or 
uh, things like that. I'm sure I could do better, but it was it was hard. It was hard to. Uh, for me, I think it was more so the fact, not so much teaching, but teaching special education, where a right. lot of my job had to be outside of the school day. You know, IEP sure. meetings for us, they wouldn't, they didn't want us to have them during the day, so right. we would have to have them before or after school. Had That's, to be before then. That right, because you can't go after school because I had a wrestling <laughs> practice, and then getting, you know, trying to talk parents into showing up at seven o'clock before school as opposed to just coming at three thirty when school lets out. Right. Um, it's just a lot, and there's plenty of people that do it. So I'm, I don't mean for me or anything, you know. Right. It's a bunch of awesome coaches that teach special ed also out there getting it done. So, um, but for me, I feel what you're talking about. Like you, you know, when you try to do too many things that you're not really doing any of them as well as you should be or could right. be. Um, that's what I felt like a lot. Uh, I wanted to also bring up that your art degree doesn't have as much to do with art, kind of artistic with the crafts. You taught me how to make a stove. Right. For uh, hiking, backpacking, hiking, camping. So, so I'm pretty into uh, pretty into being outdoors and, and camping and backpacking, and I've gone on some pretty epic epic uh, adventures. Um, One this last summer. Yeah, actually, awesome I took at. I took a couple guys out to Colorado and we climbed a, a couple 14ers. That's awesome. And uh, we got cold and we got really tired. <laughs> um, and uh, but it was but it was it's so memorable, right? Those things are you literally talk. People, there's like a literal saying mountaintop experience yes right and so what does that mean that means like it's something that you will never forget and i think every one of those adventures i will never forget any adventure that i've been on where i've done something really cool like that i think that it has a lot to do with the what is involved like there's just not there's right. no easy way to get to the top of a mountain no i mean there's not most people every, don't have a helicopter every mountain's different too every mountain's different every right mountain has different challenges absolutely you know so it's like how do you know i have to be prepared for Everything that's I know is going to happen, but also a ton of things I don't I don't know. You know I don't mm -hmm. know what the weather is going to be like exactly. Yeah. You know I've been caught in some scary freaking lightning storms. I bet. You know, um, I think about a, a trip that my sister actually and I were on, and it was her husband and and me. Uh, so we decided to climb these two mountains. Uh huh. And literally, where we, was this at? This was in Colorado. Okay. Also, it was like uh, Mount Evans, mm -hmm. which you can actually drive to the top of Mount Evans. But you can't drive to the neighboring mountain, Mountain Beerstadt. Okay. So what we did is we drove up to the top of Mountain. Where are those at? Like I feel like those are really. They're familiar. they're kind of in the front range. They're just south of seventy. Um, not quite to like where all the ski slopes are. So you kind of turn south of seventy before the ski slopes. So before, like, not in as far as like Breckenridge. Right. No, not not that far, but but is still it, a little is ways. Is it like in. south of Denver? Yeah, it's like you'd go in. You go in on seventy, and okay. then like. I'm trying to remember the name of the town. It's, well, I want to say we like drove, in, um, we took Springs a back way to Breckenridge from like south of Denver. Sure. And I feel like we saw signs or I saw them on the map or right. something like that. So anyway, you drive to the top of Evans. Yeah. And, and so we were like, oh, well, there's two of them here. It's only a couple miles as the crow flies. Right. As the crow flies. Right, exactly. Right. So we start hiking uh, kind of down and back up to the other mountain. Uh -huh. Well, as we're hiking down and up to the other mountain, weather starts rolling in. And we... Are like man, this is gonna be really bad because we have to hike back like into the storm to get to our car. Right. And so me and my brother-in-law, we decide we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna hike back. Everybody else, you hike down because my parents, my wife, and my right. sister, they all hike down the other side of the mountain to get out of the storm. We hike back into Put the, the storm. The women and children to bed. Yes, exactly. They're going to look for right. mountaintops. <laughs> right. Right. So we hike back into the storm, and it it was literally 360 degrees. There's no trees. I'm like up at 14,000 feet lightning on all sides of me 
That's like everywhere. Super sketchy. Super sketchy. <laughs> and then, and then like my jaw drops because I see a tornado. It's the second highest tornado ever recorded. A tornado just rolls through the, the valley, like right next to the peak. That's pretty crazy. And that's a pretty awesome experience. Yeah. Like I will never forget it, but never. I was, I, I don't think I've ever been, I saw, I've, I pray a lot, but like I was like sincerely like praying for my life. Sure. I was, I was like, I'm going to die. Well, I think lightning and tornadoes are probably two of the more scary and to hike, things. You, I'm going towards them. And you're on a mountain. Yeah. No trees, no cover. Nowhere to go. You're just like literally nowhere to go. Just, hit, hit under a rock for like maybe two or three minutes because I was so scared. Just like hold onto a rock that you hope is heavy enough to. No, I like literally crawled there. underneath like a little rock cleft. Like a little. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have done me wow. any good, but it felt made me feel better. Feel safer. Yeah. Feel safer, and you're you're all right. You made it. So you're here. And but back to really our cool back, experience. Back to our stove. So we yes, we, sorry. we made a stove. Uh, it's a uh, denatured alcohol mm -hmm. stove. So pretty much, you take two Coke cans and you you cut them uh, to make a top and a bottom, and it has like a little little ring inside of that. So it's like you. Uh, you poke holes in it and so it almost makes these little vents like you would see on a regular stove for gas mm -hmm. and you pour denatured alcohol into these this this can stove which is hollowed out in the middle like, it's hollowed out in the take middle the, yeah. uh, top out right? right so you got like a it's like a cup right but it has a like an enclosed ring. ring yes yeah and then it sits in there and as it burns it kind of I guess heats that alcohol yeah. vapor it comes up out and then that's what's burning, I guess, out. Yeah, and you can literally just put like a, a pot on top yeah. of that stove. And I still will, have mine. It will boil water in a we couple minutes. We made it minutes. in your living room. Yeah, in I a remember. couple minutes. It was Arizona tea cans is what yes, we used. Yes, exactly. That's what makes the best ones. Yeah, a little that's, bit what, that's than, what they say. A little bit bigger, a yeah. little bit more girth. That's it. Yeah. So. Oh, good memories. Good memories. Um, but but yeah. we, were, we were talking about this earlier, and you said it got me into backpacking. <laughs> and then you said, well, I haven't really done it much since then. And I was teasing you, and I said... Yeah. Well, are you really into backpacking then? So I'm glad, yes, exactly. <laughs> you called me out and I, I think my response was I just scratched my head and laughed. Like, yeah, good yeah. point, touche, well played. <laughs> but I thought about it more since then. Okay. And uh, so I just wanted to let you know the trips that you've inspired. Okay, right? so let's, let's hear it. I am not uh, on your level at all when it comes to backpacking stuff. Um, I don't even know if I want to be. It's it, scary. It is. Um, so... After college, when I, I coached for five years down at Union County, right. Kentucky, when I went down there to meet them and interview for the job and do all that, um, my then fiance, now wife, and I went to Land Between the Lakes and did our first overnight. Like, you helped us make our checklist and everything. Like, we had everything, and um, we were very novice, and it showed. Like, we made some mistakes, and but that's why we went to an area that right. was not remote, right? It's, right? it's remote, but not remote. Like, we could get help at any point. We ended up hitchhiking back to, uh, because where they said there was w water on the map, right. there was not water. Oh, geez. Um, and on top of it, like my wife just wasn't having the best time. Like the sleeping outside part was, right. like, the hiking wasn't the problem. It was at night, like mm -hmm. sleeping on the ground in a little bitty tent. Like she just wasn't a hundred percent. You almost have to like, like it enough to yeah. say it doesn't, that doesn't matter right. to me or something. Sure. Yeah. So I think for us is what we found out in that trip was we're not overnighters. Right. But we like to backpack and hike. Yeah. Um, so two years ago, we took a trip to Colorado. 
Sure. We hiked our first 14er, but it was a day trip. Like, we right. didn't stay overnight. We went up and came down. Most of them are. <clears throat> yeah. And um, and we did. We hiked several other hikes that right. were just awesome. Hours. Hours and hours of just walking. But that part was, is what I wanted to let you know. That's what I'm into. Like, right. I'm not sold on the well, everybody, staying overnight Everybody part. finds yeah. their own kind of... Yeah. But it's just, it, to me, and, and I kind of... you. I pulled that from what you were saying earlier. You didn't say it specifically, but there's so many things when you hike that you will never see if you're in a car. Exactly. Like you just, you're going so much slower when you're walking that you see more things and you're going to get to areas that most people aren't going to. Right. Like even if you follow a trail, if you're willing to hike for three or four hours, you're going to be in a place that most people won't go to. Like several people have, but you're not going to encounter a lot of foot traffic if you take a loop that takes you six hours to get around, when you get beat that, you know, back into it, you right. just don't encounter that many people. Um, but we did, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park and, and picked out, I think two or three different little hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, as we drove through there, we pulled off, we'd hike for two hours, come back. Um, it's one of my favorite places. There was one, um, man, can't remember where it was in there. What we did is what's the old, uh, the old river road. Oh, Fall River Road. Fall River Road, yeah. gravel the whole way. Oh, awesome. That has awesome the best road. trails on it. Yes. Because it's not as widely traveled, it's a little more remote. Um, and we did one that, uh, there's two, two, two peaks, not super high, but um, it was really, really cool because once you get above the tree line and everything, you can see the Alpine Lodge like across oh, yeah, the yeah. way. Yeah, and so sure. we climbed up and we didn't do either of the peaks, um, but we did the saddle sure. between them. And I've never... Like, it's like being on top of a building. Like, amazing. You look out over, and you're like, you can't fall. I mean, it's not that steep. Right. It's not like a cliff that you're just gonna fall off. But you feel this sense of like, I don't want to fall down there. And then the wind is like a wind tunnel between those two peaks. Just like, whew, you stand up and you can almost like lean into, into it. it. Yeah. It's like so crazy, and you can just see for you know so far, and, and uh, especially the the view that it was because it, it was a valley that went for a while out right. into the open like opened up and there's these tall mountains you see down through there you can see an alpine ridge like i said over it's just 360 degree view of just like miles of blue skies and open space and mountains and it's like you know you it's different even if i mean you see those views from the car right in, in rocky mountain national park pretty easily but it's something different about it when you have a backpack on and your shoes and you're not, there's no car around, no other people around. Like you're the only two people you see. You're out there and you're hearing it and yeah. you're seeing it and you're smelling it yes. and you're feeling it and yeah. you're, you're in it. Experiencing it for everything that it is. And it's like, that's just really cool. And uh, so to expand on what I was saying is, yeah, probably not the most into it backpacker, especially overnight, but it definitely led to, we have, we don't go on like vacation vacations. Right. Like when we go on vacations now, we go it's an, somewhere. It's an adventure. And we drive yeah. and we hike and we like, we get out and we do things. Do this things. last year we went to the um, Olympic Peninsula. We went to Washington. Yeah. So we got to hike uh, rainforest. We got to hike beach. We got to hike the North Cascades when we crossed over and went to the more central part of the state. Right. So we saw so many different landscapes and different environments that, you know, you're down in the ocean where it's like seafood and all this stuff. Then you go down to the rainforest part of it and it's just, you know, just green. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. And uh, 
and then go into the mountains and it's a little more like Colorado. Like it's right. still green everywhere, but it's still more like mountains. Um, the thing that blew my mind up there was because of the humidity and the rain and the wetness. The clouds are so low. They're low, yeah. That we drove by a mountain range that we didn't know was there. And then you came back the next time. The next day we drove the same one. I was like, where the heck did those mountains come from? (laughs) Those were there yesterday. Like we just drove this yesterday. I didn't see any mountains. Yeah. And they're like right there, like just bigger than life. It's pretty crazy to have that, your perspective kind of affected by some clouds is kind of weird. Like it would yeah. mess with my head a little bit. Like you can get real philosophical here real quick. Perspective <laughs> yeah. messed with by some clouds. Yeah. yeah. How many times do we do that to ourselves, uh, metaphorically yes. speaking? Yeah. Where it's hazy and you can't get a clear picture and you think that you see things in a certain way or yep. you can be so certain about yeah. the way you see something and yeah. then the clouds because give way and it's a completely different picture than what you had seen before. Right. So that's Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Well, I don't want to take any more of your time. Um, we've been going for a while now. 48 good. minutes. Sweet. It's a good one. It's a it didn't good one. seem like 10 minutes. So it, They usually do, to be honest. Uh, I've done a couple that were an hour and a half that I couldn't believe. I mean, I think right. we could easily go an hour and a half. But No, no problem. I feel bad that uh, I already wasted some of your time with the error in our recording. But we got this one. And Joe, I really appreciate you sitting down. I always love talking to you. No problem, buddy. We're going to do it again. Sounds good. All right. Look forward to it. Thanks, sir.